and welcome to Women in the Business Arena. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shuk Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Every week, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We reframe the lens on business so women just like you know how to achieve not just success, but fulfillment and freedom. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs, mothers, and multiple business owners how to conquer the business arena. And the thousands of women we have worked with have given us insights and wisdom to share with you. We get honest, vulnerable, and real about what we've seen and experienced. We would love for you to join us in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. And if you want to get even more support, visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my gorgeous co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, hey. I love that we get to co-host this podcast together. I'm just saying, feeling feeling grateful. Me too, (laughs) every single day. And I'm excited about our topic today as well, because what we wanted to talk about today is where do we invest our money? (laughs) to propel our business forward and also ourselves? Mm, Great question, because we're often asking, how are we going to make money? How are we going to make more money? Um, But as you make more money in your business, how are you going to invest, like reinvest in your business? And then um, sometimes those those investments are what's going to grow your business. (laughs) So it's all connected. But I'm glad that if we can kind of highlight the investment piece. I think it's an important conversation. Yeah. And, you know, what I also want to highlight about this conversation is it's going to be a conversation and some ideas that we're pulling out because there's no definitive answer. Like nobody can really tell you, here's the one thing you should invest in. It's it's very much about discernment and awareness and recognizing where you are in your business and life and what you personally need. I think a good coach or, you know, someone in your life, a good mentor who really understands all the details of your life and has spent some time with you can help you determine you know, what is a good investment and therefore they are also good investments often depending on where you're at. And, and so, yeah, but there's no, um, sort of black and white. And so we're going to explore a bunch of gray today and, you know, see what comes out. Yeah. I love it. I love that we're exploring the gray and a question. I just don't think that I hear asked very often. Mm. I just, you know, it's like, how many times do you have clients that sit in front of you? And like one of the first things they start talking about is, okay, so how am I going to reinvest this money mm. yeah. <laughs> that I'm making? Yeah. It's such an important question. It is. And I think, you know, what we don't talk about is what really matters, right? You know, what really matters? Where What should we put our money behind? Oftentimes, we're very confused as well and overwhelmed by the amount of selling that's happening to us, right? So everyone will tell us that theirs is the best investment. <laughs> like that's the sales game, you yes. know? And, and to some degree, we all believe it. You know, we all believe that 
like really we can make, we could help someone make huge gains. Um, but the thing is, is that unlike what I teach, which is we turn down any bad fits and we only own what we're actually good at and expert at, a lot of people are just selling. They're just selling quantity. They're not discerning to, to really look and be like, you know what? I don't feel like I can help you. And so then in that case, you're getting bombarded with all these messages and all these things that, hey, this is the best investment you can make. And this is the best investment. And, you know, business owners are obviously ob- so often spending money, you know, more and more and more money in the wrong things and they're not getting the results. So they're not getting the most return on investment or sometimes they're just spending money in the wrong areas. I have been guilty of this like time and time again. I invest in the wrong programs. I, I mean, seriously, yeah. like hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars, like yeah. no joke. <laughs> I'm going to name that too. Like we're not perfect here. It's like, this is why we're having this conversation because we've also <laughs> reflected on why did I put money in that? That was not helpful, but most likely it was because we thought that was the answer. We thought yes. that that was somehow the best use of our money. Cause it was going to give us something. So that's, a, that's a big piece of this conversation is how do you discern what's right? Because there's so much coming at us. I do mm. feel overwhelmed these days. Like, like even yeah. just scrolling through Instagram sometimes, you know, with the, especially now that there's more sponsored ads and stuff, it's like, oh, well, that looks cool. Like, wait, what is that? You know, and then I'm, I'm down this bunny trail and like, oh my gosh. Um, Cause it's like, oh, well, that sounds really awesome. How is it different from that other program that I was considering investing in? And, um, and then, you know, if you're trying to get for like um, my psychotherapy, my psychotherapy license in state of Texas, I require so many continuing education hours, you know, to keep my license active. And so then I'm looking at, you know, well, does this one give me the CEUs? Yes, but it's not as interesting. You know, do I do it? No, I have to keep looking for, so there's all the different things. Sometimes we have to think about with professional trainings and developments, you know, it's like how relevant is this to what I'm really passionate about versus just meeting some sort of requirement. Yeah. Look, there's a lot of psychology that goes into this question. And so one of the things I can say is it's really important to understand our drivers, like what is driving us. So for instance, most of my mistakes in investing in programs and in things that I thought would uh, propel my business forward, they were based on fear. They were based on this idea that somebody else had the answer and, and not to say that mentorship or coaching isn't a good investment because it absolutely is. You know, my clients make huge strides after working with me, but the thing is, it's really where are we coming from? Because if we put all our stock in something as the answer, you know, like, oh, I'm missing some secret formula and somebody will definitely sell you a secret formula. Like everybody's <laughs> got them, you know, like there's a lot of secret formulas out there, you know, so it's like they'll sell you that. And I think it's, that's when that it, it's their insecurity that we have inside of ourselves or the lack of trust. So I know for myself, I've jumped the gun way too often to invest in something because I was feeling unstable or I thought it was the answer to the thing that I needed. And so, you know, those triggers are things I could have handled to myself. I could have slowed down. I could have widened back. And then I could have looked at what that driver is in me, handled that first, and then discerned, is this really the program that's right for me? Yeah, such good advice on that one, because you're right. So many of the marketing, the way that we design 
a marketing page, even though, you know, it's all based on psychological research, you know, all of the ways that websites are designed, where the eye goes, what lingers, like there's actual software that's been developed that is based on psychological behavioral research. And so it's interesting because, um, if we're in a vulnerable place emotionally, and we're looking at this content that is geared towards being able to pull us in and help us feel connected to it, then we're going to have to be really clear within ourselves of what's driving us, like you said. Um, And if you're coming from a place of fear or desperation, it's probably a good time to just step away from looking and searching for that program and spend a little more time with self alone and whatever your self-care practice is and getting more connected with like, what's driving me? What do I want? What now, right, right now, what do I really need? And what's good for my business? And maybe even just making a list of like, what do I really want right now? And then what do I feel that I need to have for my business? You know, cause there's differences between like kind of an intuitive, like, Oh, I really want this, but I don't think I can have it because what I'm supposed to invest in is this new marketing. I mean, you know, accounting software. Mm. Um, I really need a massage, but I've got to, you know, upgrade my QuickBooks, you know? So it's kind of like those things are both important. And then how do you know when it's the time to be investing in, you know, one or the other. And I do want to address that, you know, we'll talk more about sort of discernment, but, but just to continue with this point briefly, I think what we have to realize is it's okay to contemplate. Like there definitely also is ways that we have excuses or ways that we aren't taking the courage to, to invest in something that we know is good for us. But I also think that it's okay to take time to contemplate and reflect. Like one of the things, so many of the programs I invested in that were not good for me (laughs) are aligned with me. They all talk about selling on the first call as an example, like pressuring people, manipulating people to say yes on the phone. And there's all these techniques that they use to be able to make someone say yes, right there on the first call you've had with them. And for me, I'm very against that. And I don't do that with my own prospects. And I don't let my clients do that either. Because what happens is if we're pressuring them to say yes on the first call, what we often get bad fits because they were, they fell into that pressure. They fell into the psychology of what we did. And then they're, they weren't actually ready. They weren't actually good fits. And then they're unhappy or they're dragging through your program or you're having to pull them along or you're, they're really stressful and it's just not worth it. So for me, I have a firm policy of like, if someone needs time to contemplate, great, they can take time. I want someone to be a hundred percent sure they want to work with me a hundred percent ready. They are, you know, in that space of yes. And that may take a longer processing time. Definitely. I could have more clients make more money, you know, if I was willing to pressure, but I'm not. And I think this is the piece that we have to allow ourselves permission is, you know, sometimes we feel pressure on a phone call. We feel pressure from something to make a quick decision. And I want to just say, it's okay to slow down and make sure it's a right decision for for you. If you really resonate, then do it. But if you haven't, if you're not clear, if you're not sure, if you're not sure if it's the right thing, if there's not a full resonation, take the time to figure out what's going on for you and then decide when you're ready. Yes. I mean, it makes me think of the, um, relearning that I've had to do around, um, agreeing to do things and always feeling like I needed to say yes, um, just kind of conditioned to be the, the yes person. I can take care of that. I can do that. Mm-hmm. And learning that knee jerk response, um, of yes, I'm going to do this it becomes 
let me think about that. Let me get back to you about that. Um, and that's kind of like the practice, what you were just saying is contemplation and reflection does take some boundary setting. It does take, um, especially if you're on the phone with somebody that's mm. trying to, to do those, um, different kind of pressure tactics. Uh, but remembering like you've probably experienced that in other areas and what have you done that has helped you get more in touch with saying, um, setting a boundary and getting clear with what you need and giving yourself time to reflect because that's sort of impulse buying and that, um, coming from a reactive place. It's just usually based on the fear of, um, needing something or just the fear mm. of missing out or, and that's the other thing I don't like timed, um, when offers are really, I mean, I get it's kind of fun to throw up like a 24 hour flash sale or like <laughs> there's certain things that are just kind of fun to do. And that's great. But I don't like when somebody gives me a really, you know, you have, um, you've got to do this and you only have this long, like in the next two hours, like if it's, yeah. you know, you have 48 hours or you have a yeah. little bit of time, but I don't respond well. Like if somebody puts time pressure on me, I'm out, you know, and that's a yeah. boundary that I've learned to set. And yes, maybe I do miss out on some cool opportunities that could have worked out, but my instincts like, nope, if it's pressure and you don't really have time to reflect and, um, yeah, spend some time sitting with this, then mm. it's not, not something you should consider. Yeah. And those are gimmicks. And I think, you know, there's a difference, there's these different subtle lines, right? And when I'm teaching sales, like I'm teaching the subtle lines because it's really about intention. So for instance, the urgency, it can be important in sales. Like, you know, you, you do want to have some, like some boundary or some opportunity because it does help people to make a decision. But yes, when you're doing it from a sales perspective, a manipulative pressure. perspective, a yeah. pressure perspective, that just doesn't feel good. And I don't think it's in any way in integrity. But for instance, you know, like I often have where I raise my prices at certain times of the year. And so I have a little boundary and I tell people like, you know, absolutely you can join anytime. But if you get in in the next three months, you're going to get this pricing. If you want to come after that, it's no problem, but it's just going to be a different pricing. That's just giving someone data. That's giving someone, you know, a, a special if they want it. It's giving, you know, some opportunity, but I decide those things ahead of time. They're true across the board. They're not these manipulative things you know, techniques of like, well, if you buy today on the phone, which a lot of salespeople do, I'll give you a thousand dollars off. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, like that just, that's great, but it doesn't feel good. I'm still spending 9,000. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, exactly. Like yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, the, and, and so that's the piece. So obviously, you know, the first thing we have to talk about is, you know, you need to be clear in yourself at what your drivers are, what is, you know, pushing you to seek out something for investment. Um, what, and then discerning, what do you actually need and what do you not need? Because that's the sort of the second thing I think you have to look at is, you know, what's the intention, what's the purpose of what you're investing in? So I think that investing in self-development is, is very powerful and really good. Like, you know, definitely I teach my clients that, being able to put themselves first, being able to get themselves right is far more important than anything they can do business-wise in terms of succeeding in business. It's actually so important to get yourself right. And so sometimes, you know, that can be investing in self-development. Sometimes the investment is just time. 
You know, like yeah. oftentimes we don't even realize, like then we always want to sort of look outside ourselves for the answer. Like, oh, I'm going to go to um, a retreat. I see this all the time online. I'm going to go, oh, I really need a retreat. I need an escape. I need a vacation. I need it. Yet they could actually create more self-development, more self-care in their everyday life, which would be way more effective than a one-time retreat. Absolutely. And you can do some of those things really affordably because you can just create stillness at the park. Yeah. Yeah, It's so true. And I actually was listening, um, to someone talk about that, like the luxury of creating like time is the new luxury, Mm. but it doesn't actually cost, um, money sometimes to like set this time aside, but it does feel like maybe it it costs the, the time that you would be like billing if it's a billing hour, but you're not going and actually spending money on a $300, um, massage or like spa place or something, you know, you're just taking that time for self. So there's lots of ways that you can do that stillness and that reflection, that personal time. So I really love that. And I think one of the best pieces of advice I've gotten in my private practice as a therapist is from another um, therapist coach, business coach that was talking about budget planning and, you know, how to decide how much you're going to charge that a lot of therapists, especially kind of arbitrarily just look at what's in the market. (laughs) So like, oh, the therapist down the street charge a hundred dollars an hour. So I guess mm. I'll have to stick around that. Um, and they don't really think about, well, what, what's their business cost? And, yeah. um, maybe they're in a more expensive office and they have all these other overheads, you know, so they're going to have to consider that. And, um, she's like, you know, just write down all the different things and, um, don't forget your personal development, your self care, like that needs to be on the line item, right? under utilities, you know, so you've got your rent, you've got your utilities, you have your malpractice insurance, you have your massage or your own therapy, mm-hmm. you have your yoga classes. She's like too many of us treat those things. Like if I make enough money in my practice, I yeah. will reinvest in those things, but those should be your line items. Those are your P and L mm-hmm. because if you're not doing those things and you're not considering that you're also not pricing correctly, um, because you need those things to show up like you said, in your business and be the best for your client that you can be. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And I mean, this obviously weaves into finances and I don't, and I don't want to make this a topic on finances per se, because we're talking about investment, but I think, you know, you do have to be aware of what you already have in terms of expenses, what you're making in terms of income and, and where you can invest. And I think sometimes it's about looking at what you really want. You know, business is so tricky. And I think this gets into a lot of people are operating a business as a hobby. They're operating a business as this sort of like side hustle or side gig or thing that they eventually want to become bigger. And they think that by just kind of investing now and then again in it, that it will become bigger. But I think there, there has to be some reality and some awareness around what it takes to actually build a successful business. There really is a big investment up front. I mean, we've, because of technology, because of the world, the way it is, there's a very low entry to getting into business now. So, you know, you need a laptop and you can build a website, you know, there's all these really low entry ways to start a business, but that is never enough 
to actually create a sustainable business, oftentimes you have to invest pretty heavily in your structure, in a skill building, in areas that you need to, to really succeed in business. You know, it isn't just a matter of I'm going to put a few marketing posts up and I'm going to have clients and I'm going to be successful. Like that is just not reality. And I think, you know, we've got to look at that so that we can start to actually discern where should we be investing in terms of growing our business. So many people, as an example, are throwing money into Facebook ads, but they have no idea what they're doing. Facebook ads is just a topic in and of itself. Like if you aren't an expert in Facebook ads, you should not be doing them. Like, like, let me just say, and if you are not already making profit in your business, significant profit, you should not be doing Facebook ads or investing in anyone to do your Facebook ads. Like, and this is the fallacy is that people have everything out of sequence, out of order, you know, in terms of what they invest in. Oh, such a good point. Like that is something that I feel, you know, still to this day with 10, over 10 years in, in under my belt that I still struggle with sometimes the sequencing of things as mm-hmm. more opportunities present themselves too, because with the development of, you know, there was a time when Google ads didn't exist and Facebook yeah. ads didn't exist. And like, um, and then, so we always have new opportunities, new ways that we can market our business or invest, um, in our business to bring about more clients. But like you said, if you did all this investment in one platform and sending people to a website that's not mobile responsive, what's the point? You know, it's like, and so you got to get that website fixed and then you got to do the thing. Or do you even have anything on your website? Like that you're actually, do you have a landing page? Do you actually have an offer? Do you have a signature something that you've got? You know, it's like, so. And my clients don't even build a website until they're far into making profit. Like, Mm, you know, like, I mean, this is is the thing is that, you know, I think really in terms of some investment sort of sequencing, if you will, you know, there needs to be some investment in self. So whether that's space and time to be able to think, to feel, to conclude what direction you want to go to, you know, to center yourself like that, these are really important, the investment in yourself. And then I think in terms of business, if you don't have a solid foundation, your first investment is in the foundation. It's not in marketing. It's not in a website and a website is not foundation, you know, Mm -hmm. and we've talked many, many times about foundation in some of these, you know, podcasts, but, you know, foundation is, you know, being really clear that you have the right business model, that you have a financially viable business model. And that isn't just because you put together some pricing and you projected, Hey, if I get 50 clients or if I get 300 people in my online course, I'm going to have enough money. Like that is not making sure that you have a financially viable business model. You don't know the reality of if you can ever get 300 clients into an online program. And so I think, you know, there, these are some things that, you know, aren't even really possible in terms of like investing, you need to be sure you have a proper foundation. What is the target market? What is the sales process? Do you know how to sell? Do you know how to message and language what you're selling and your value so that your target market resonates with that? And this is one of the reasons why sometimes investing in a coach or a business mentor, like, and and we can you know, discern the right ones because there's a lot of bad ones out there, but just like someone who teaches foundations or who can help you one-on-one work on your foundations, that is the investment you really need to make. And I see a lot of people, 
they, you know, they'll, they'll come to me sometimes and they're, they're not making any money in their business. And so then it's, it definitely is a hurdle in terms of investing in a business coach or especially an expensive one, you know, who might help you get your proper foundations, but they don't realize how many years they're going to spend spinning in the wrong foundation, how much time they're going to waste in everything that they're doing when they could have invested in someone to help them with their foundations, to get off the ground and create a sustainable business within a few months, you know, to six months versus like, I mean, literally I know people who are spending in after five years of being in business, no profit, 10 years of being in business, no profit. Like when you see behind the scenes of a lot of businesses, you realize how many people have failed to invest in some of their foundations. Yeah. That's such a good point. It's making me think that it's a little bit of the kind of the the dark side of, um, online business or technology and stuff that it's done so many good things for business. It's made so many things accessible. Um, we can just, you know, whip up an online presence, um, use a social media platform, design a logo on Canva. Like there's so many things within reach that people can do to put forth a very professional looking business. Um, but in doing so people have forgotten to put that attention on the foundations or they're not seeing that model. They don't see what's behind the scenes. They don't understand what the foundation, um, of a successful business looks like because we're really, um, very much, uh, distracted by and our attention is pulled into the presence, the persona, the aesthetics of brand, right? So it's just this yes. interesting, and I'm sure like I am definitely, um, at the heart, like a geek academic, I would just go to school for the, my whole life if I could. And I think I'd really love a class on the history of just marketing online from like pre-internet to yeah. now. Like that would be so fascinating yeah. Um, because yeah, it's really changed the look of business, but really mm. hasn't changed the foundations of what makes a business function. Those things still have to be there, but you can hire a business coach who might just like sit down and be like, oh yeah, we can throw up this and couple of days and get you online and, mm -hmm. you know, get you some, uh, get you a little <laughs> newsletter subscription. You got some people in there, sell them your thing. You're going to get 300 people. <laughs> uh, please run away from those people. Please run away. And that's the thing is that, you know, if in the, I can give you a little bit of a reference point, if you're not making significant profit, okay. In your business right now, you have a foundation problem. And so if you're going to hire a coach or a mentor, you need to make sure they handle foundations. If you go to someone and they handle marketing, that's not foundational. So you need someone who can actually look at your business, make sure you have a viable working model, make sure what you're doing is actually going to produce long-term results and someone who understands how to work with foundations. So, you know, that's something that I do in my program. I'm sure there's many coaches out there, you know, and mentors out there who also work on foundational programs. That's what you want to look for. If you are just going to someone for branding or marketing or someone who's going to give you a quick win or who's going to tell you how to use Facebook ads and you're still not making profit right now, then you're, it's not going to work for you. And this is the problem is that all these people invest in these programs about Facebook ads, these programs about social media, these programs about, you know, um, how I'm going to create a funnel engine that's going to make me millions of dollars. And then they're missing all their foundations and those people don't help you with foundations. Yeah. And so, you know, I literally know people, I mean, seriously, like I literally know people who've invested 
24 grand or more, like some people 50 grand. One of my clients was 70 grand in these programs that could not help them because the foundations were not right. So that's a bad investment. Significant. That is so significant. And it's making me think there was a high profile entrepreneur that went out of business. I feel like we even talked about this on this podcast, but I can't remember. It was a woman owned business and she scaled, like she scaled too quick. She had all of the online, um, support and clients kind of so then the business did go big and there was all these investors, but because the foundation wasn't mm-hmm. there, then it collapsed. And it yep. was, you know, kind of shocking to everybody because it was like, it looked all, um, amazing on the outside. Do you remember who that is that I'm talking about? No. Okay. But, I'll just have to, but I've seen it. It's not, it's not, it's not just a one common. time yeah. thing. Right. No. Right. Um, I just feel like we had a conversation about it once. Um, so it's interesting because that's just not the glamor either. Right. That's why people don't <laughs> want to do it because it's the hard part. And, you know, I think one of the biggest lessons, um, hard lessons I've had to learn as an entrepreneur is that I did not even know how to collect data, Um, I did not know how to basically have all of this information, like how to set up reports to collect um, data and like key metrics and observations of my clients' Mm. spending patterns. Like I did not know anything about that. So there's years of not having really great data. And for a company like mine in co-working, like it's not so important with my psychotherapy practice, but in co-working, it's gold to like have all of those trends and like how people are finding you and how they're, how long they stay and how they engage and all that kind of stuff. And there's all these conversations now and co-working about your, your data and your metrics. Um, but that was not anything that any entrepreneurial workshop talked to us about back in 2008, you know? So it was probably already a foundational thing, but maybe we didn't have all the technology then to, to track the same reports, but there was always QuickBooks and there were always <laughs> all the financial yeah. reports and things. But honestly, I ducked my head in the sand when it came to a lot of those things because I didn't understand them and they seemed boring and yeah, uh, but you can't shortcut certain fine you know, foundational aspects of your business or it will never grow. Like you said, it doesn't matter how many, how much money you invest in all of the, how to market your business. If you don't have a stable business to start with that can take that growth and can actually run with that support that you're paying for. And, and honestly, most people don't even know what their business model is. Like, yeah. They don't even yeah. really, when I, when I say business model, What's like everyone's model? like, what, what is the business model? <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, like, I, like, it's funny because when I was doing sort of in-person masterminds in Melbourne, I would use it to test topics and see, you know, what did people resonate with? And like my sales and marketing packed, like full on packed rooms. Yeah. You know, my business model room, three people. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> <and> like. <laughs> like, it's not the sexiest part, but I think, you know, and, and this again is what we're talking about in terms of investment. So really, if you're not at the place that you're making profit, the investment should be in your foundation in terms of business. If you are already making really healthy profit, 
if you know everything is working in your business, like you have amazing clients, like you have leads coming in, you know, there is a steadiness in your business, but you want to grow more, then you're talking about investing in lead generation and marketing and Facebook ads and scaling. So, you know, scaling sometimes requires a business coach to help you scale. But, you know, that's where we're talking about in terms of the sequence that you're in and where you're at. And far too many people are investing in things way above where they're at and they're just not not getting the help they need. Um, But I think, you know, again, with, in terms of what you invest, it really depends on where you're at. So, you know, although we're giving some sort of general conversation around this topic, the truth is you need someone to look behind the hood of your business. You Mm -hmm. need someone to be able to help you discern. If you can't discern, if you aren't sure, then I would get an expert to look at your business and say, look, here's where I would spend your money or here's what I'd invest. Um, Otherwise, you can just kind of sit down and discern for yourself, like, what am I missing? You know, what are the pieces that seem to be working and what are the pieces that aren't working? And, you know, it's just one of those things where we sometimes just don't know what we don't know. Yeah. So it helps to have someone that outside of us who knows more. (laughs) This is true for me as well. You know, the stage I'm in, you know, as I want to grow, I need someone who knows how to grow at a higher level than I've grown to. Yeah. Um, who can give me sort of the inside outs or the the pieces that I'm missing. So I think that's really important. But I do think, um, I do think we also need to sort of change our framework around investing. You know, everyone is sort of on a different point of the spectrum and they have sort of behavioral patterns and values around investing. So some people are clear investors and they're risk takers, right? They'll invest if they see the value, they'll find the money no matter where it is. They'll, you know, go into debt to invest in the right things or even the wrong things. So you've got sort of that end. And then you've got the people who are scared to invest anything in their business and they just spend years and years and years and years trying to make it work on their own because they don't want to spend any money to invest in anything. So, you know, you got to kind of figure out as well where you are on the spectrum so that you can begin to maybe look at your investment patterns. Like, you know, take a little bit more risk if you're on that side of like, I'm never going to invest in anything. And maybe take a little bit less risk if you're like, I'll invest in everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a good, that's a good marker. I think you I think that you've given us some good like language. For me sometimes I don't know the language of what I need to ask, right? When you yeah. don't know what you don't. Now it's like, well then how do I even talk about this with a business coach? And so some of the language that I've heard you use I think is really important is foundation so that yeah. if you do if you're not profitable, um it's a good idea not to always assume that that investing in more marketing or sales is going to actually bring profit. You might need somebody who has an expertise at looking at your foundations and that's a word that they would recognize. So just being like, Hey, I think I might need some help just reviewing my foundations. Like Mm. what would you need? What do you think would, I would need to check off that I've, you know, basically accomplished these milestones before I would invest in marketing or sales, or you can ask someone who's, um, wanting to sell you a marketing sales funnel or program, ask them like, what do I need to have right now? Before you tell them about your business, be like, what do I need to have in my business before this program would actually help me? That could be good. Um, And then the other word that we haven't used, but I'm wondering if we could is like a foundations audit. 
Cause mm. I, the word audit comes to mind of like, I would love it for someone just to sit down and be like, let me just audit your foundations. Like let's look at these things. And, uh, because so many entrepreneurs, like you're saying, we don't even know that we're missing that component. Like there could be something really core to the foundations of your business and it's just not there cause you don't know. Um, so those are some words I think that would be really helpful. Um, do you, can you think of anything else like that would help people when having that conversation with a coach be able to help them identify like where they're coming from? Because if we have these communications that are more clear, then we can make better decisions about whether it's worth our investment. Yeah. Agreed. Look, uh, foundations is a good word. Business model is a good word. Someone to take a look at my business, even really simple to take a look at, not my marketing, my branding, but to take a look at my business, the core of my business and determine, am I packaging things right? Am I using the right language? Like, you know, those things are a great way to language it. And if anyone's just selling you branding or just selling you marketing, but you know you're not profitable yet, then that's a place not to turn to. Because the the truth is, is that so much business stuff has been uh, made very shallow. So like branding as an example was a really powerful thing. So 20 years ago, you know, when I started my branding agency, when I was in big branding agencies as well, like that was my first job was in a huge branding agency. Like when you talked about branding, we were talking about significant depth. Like, you know, to, to walk into a branding agency, you're going to drop $150,000 at a minimum because they're going to go into every aspect of your business, the psychology of your target market. They're going to do all of this work and understanding every aspect of who you are as a company and who your clients think you are as a company and what your brand is in the marketplace and what position you have in the market. I mean, so much depth. I mean, like months and months and months of depth. What's happened is over the years, as things have become, you know, sort of on easier online and as more and more entrepreneurs come out, that the topic of branding has been really shallowed. Like now branding, most people think is like a logo or it's, you know, it's what you look like. And that is not branding at all. Branding is the impression you leave with the marketplace and your customers. So that's literally every aspect of what you touch them with. It doesn't, it, the look that you have means nothing. Like it contributes, but it is really about like your intention of how you want to serve. And there's so many aspects to it. And I think that's what's happened in general with so much of the business stuff is it's all been shallowed so that we've lost sight of the core of what we're doing. Like for instance, you know, even having a business is a value exchange. And the real key point is your customer. Like if you don't have something to exchange a customer, you don't have a business. Yet so many people are flocking into business to serve themselves. Like, I just want a business where I'm free. I just want a business doing what I love. And there's no thought to the customer. (laughs) Like it's like, it's an afterthought. Yes, yes. It's like, what's the actual impact, you know? Yeah. I love that about brand. We could have a whole, I think there's a Mm. lot of misunderstanding about brand because it really is. It's like what your brand is communicating, what your company is capable of, like Mm. what are its strengths? What are its values? How is it going to change the world? Like that should be your brand message, you know, but Mm. it's not just a aesthetic, um, Mm. but somehow like it's an embodiment of what your brand, what your company is about. So there's a lot of things, um, And I think that's what always brought us together 
um, in these conversations, Sonia, it's just that we've always felt that something more. We've mm-hmm. always felt that there's a obligate, like a, a responsibility that yeah. entrepreneurs, you know, it's interesting because a Latin, I looked up like meaning of entrepreneur. It's like, there's a link to a Latin word that means to bear the burden. Mm. And it's just, that's a whole interesting um, other conversation, but it's like to bear the burden of, of what? To me, it's like societal responsibility. Like there's, there's, a, there's a problem, there's a challenge, there's yeah. something in the world that needs help. And you step up and you say, I'm going to help. Um, now you don't have to bear that burden alone. That's also a miscom, you know, a misunderstanding of, of yeah. entrepreneurship in the States and American culture, but yeah. So I love that we're bringing it all back to investing, reinvesting in your business and in yourself mm. in a way that means your business, we're asking these questions because we want to see you have a successful business that sustains yes. your energy, that brings a positive outcome in the world. And we only can keep doing this if we reinvest energy and money back into the thing that we've created as the vessel. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And look, if you're afraid of investing, because let's talk to that really quick as well, Yeah, because I do have people who are afraid to invest, you know, in something big or in something, you know, better because, because here's the truth, you get what you pay for. So, you know, the high quality programs, mentorships, coaches, therapists, like the high quality, they're going to charge what they worth. They're going to own their value. And you're, you're far better off investing up front than investing the years and years and years of going with the wrong coach. So, you know, I think sometimes you have to recognize that you will have to invest more in the right things. Don't make that a quick decision. Do your due diligence, really discern that it's something, somebody who resonates with you, they, that they're working on the right things that you need, all of that. But I think if you're afraid to invest, what you have to realize is you will invest in your business one way or the other. And it will either be an investment of stress, worry, time, years of no profit, you know, your partner on your back for years and years, you will invest that way or you can invest in having someone who can guide you and it being accelerating the process or you can invest in self-care in terms of, you know, being able to get yourself in the right place to be more motivated, to be more on top of things, to be more clear in what you're creating. Like, you know, that self um, development, it does have huge strides as well in propelling our business forward because we're clear, because we're um, more, I guess, deliberate, you know, we're less reacting to everything. So then self-development becomes very important. We're able to discern and make better decisions. So, you know, you will invest one way or the other. And so the question is, you know, which way do you want to invest? Yeah. Yeah. In ourselves and in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a sustainable that- way. Yeah. And that's the other thing is that the, the more quickly and the more investment we do up front to get our businesses solid and sustainable and to be able to really, you know, do what we need to do. And the more we invest in our self-development to be clear and to be able to serve to the best of our capacity, then guess what? The more impact we have in the world, the more investment we have in the change and transformation of the world in front of us. So I think, you know, that's the thing to consider as well. Yes. So, you yes. know, 
this is obviously a really deep conversation. There's so many things we could talk about. There's no one right answer, but, you know, hopefully we've at least stimulated some thinking around, you know, what to invest in. And, you know, if you have any questions, you know, you can pop into our Facebook group. Speaking of what Laura was speaking of, the foundational audit, I actually have a sort of self-assessment that is a foundational audit on my website, you know, so there is something like that if you need to kind of assess, you know, where am I at Ooh, I love um, in my business? Yeah. I'm going to start uh, sharing that with everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, so it should be really good. But I think, you know, we're here to support you. Pop into our group, ask any more questions. You know, we love to have podcast discussions. Um, and I, I think this is a really powerful conversation. So thank you for joining us. Any last minute thoughts, Laura? No, just that I think, I hope this sparked everyone's curiosity about Mm. how they're investing, reinvesting in themselves and in this beautiful business that they've birthed into the world. So I love it. All right. Well, thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Add to the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease. We need more women in power and with the resources to change the world. If you are enjoying the show and want to support our mission, please help us spread the word. You can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay, see you next week.